Welcome back to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast in our journey of holistic transformation in Highland Park and New Brunswick. Today, we're starting a new series on the topic of good news, and our opening conversation will be led by Yukon Chu. Now, before we transition to the recording of Sunday's conversation, I need to fill in a certain gap as Yukon's introductory question was cut off from the recording. So please, take some time and reflect upon the following question. When you think about the news today, how do you feel? So let's, uh, let's process this question here together as, as a group here. Um, who wants to share their responses? I mean, when you hear about the news or when you think about news around you, what sort of feelings jump to mind right away? What, what comes to mind? What, what comes to your gut, perhaps? Crime. Huh? Crime. Crime? Okay, okay. Yeah? What else? Corruption? Okay. What's the newest scandal? Okay, yeah. What else? Immigration. Immigration? Okay, okay. How many of you have overall, like, a positive feeling after watching news or thinking about the news? Anybody? Positive feelings? Oh, okay, all right, all right, some, maybe. How many of you, like, kind of just don't feel really good after you hear the news? Okay, yeah, the most of us, right? Yeah. Now, now isn't this interesting, right? Isn't this interesting that we live right now in a moment in history where, for whatever reason, when the news comes on, and it's we're just not talking about it on the TV or online or something like that, but even in our personal lives, right? When you get that phone call from mom or dad or brother or sister, news, for whatever reason, doesn't tend to be a positive. It's interesting that we live in a moment in history where that's how news happens. It's typically negative. It's typically something that brings us down. It's typically not good. And so as a result, I think if we were to perhaps remove ourselves from this moment in history, I, I have a feeling we would see that there's something strange about our times. There's something a little bit off. Now, we could, you know, theorize about why this is or how we can change this and all that sort of thing. But the reality is if we're not aware that the news we swim in, both personal, national, international, tends to be negative, then we aren't aware that there's a better alternative out there, is there? Are, are we? I mean, oftentimes when we're thinking about the news, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I look at, you know, I'm, I'm a New York Times reader, and I read, try to read the New York Times every day. I know some of you don't like the New York Times. That's totally cool. I try to keep up to date with Fox News, too. And, you know, I, I, I try my best to, like, read everything, right, or just be well-balanced. And, and, um, but a lot of times I walk away from reading my news feed just feeling like, man, I can't control any of this. Like, why am I even reading this? This is, like, depressing. And then you get the personal news, right, from family, and you, after a little bit you're like, man, I can't control this either. And so here we are as human beings in the 21st century, and we are living these lives surrounded by news that brings us down. Is there another way to live? 
is there a better way forward? Can we actually live differently? You know, the reason why we're talking about good news in this series isn't just because of the reality I just described. But we're talking about news, good news in this series, because when Jesus came into the world some 2,000 years ago, the way he presented himself and the way his followers presented himself was that Jesus was here actually to bring, quote unquote, good news. In fact, if you look at our um, handout for today and you just look at the first sentence, this excerpt this morning is from the very first biography written of Jesus. It's the biography called Mark, written by a man named Mark. And of all the four biographies we have about Jesus, this is the oldest one. This is the original one from which all the other biographies are based. And so it's interesting that at the first biography of Jesus, notice the, literally the very first sentence, how, how this biographer talks about Jesus and what Jesus is about. He says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. The Messiah is a title for Jesus that we'll explain uh, in a further discussions. But notice how this is, this is how Jesus, how we are to understand Jesus' entrance into our world. It's supposed to be something called good news. Now, here's the deal. You know, this was written some 2,000 years ago. And so their concept of news, you know, it wasn't like us, right? Like the Roman Empire some 2,000 years ago didn't have, you know, a Twitter feed. They didn't have, you know, like the New York Times or the Rome Times or whatever you would call it back then. Um, it was very different. But here's the deal. If you, if you carefully do some research on the phrase good news back in the Roman Empire, again, some 2,000 years ago, you would realize, you and I would realize that, oh, their concept of news may have been a lot like our concept of news. Why do I say that? Well, at this time in Rome, some 2,000 years ago, in the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire was at the beginning stages of what we know as Pax Romana. This was a time in Roman history, for about 200 years, Rome basically lived in its golden age, where they were basically in control of one of the largest empires of the time, and they were in a time of relative peace. Now, as they were in this time of relative peace, when they would conquer new territories or try to talk about what this empire was about, you know what they would do when they would conquer new places? They would say, hey, we have good news for you. Rome is here. <laughs> Pax Romana can be yours now. Now, of course, this thinking of empire obviously has some downsides that they didn't like to talk about, Pax Romana. This Roman Empire was ruled by the military. Uh, it was ruled by narcissistic leaders that called themselves Caesars. Basically, they made themselves out to be gods. Because of the constant growth and military conquest, there were huge economic disparities, even though there was an upperly mobile upper class that was getting richer and richer. The rich were getting richer, but the poor were staying poor. And so you have this empire ruled by the military, ruled by narcissistic leaders, where the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, 
And they'd say to everyone they meet, hey, we, we are the good news. And right in the middle of this, Jesus comes. And not only does Jesus come and in some obscure sort of way, Jesus comes and he himself and his biographers note that one, the first thing out of Jesus' mouth, and we'll see this next week, is that I am here to bring good news. Now, people heard that not as like, oh, a nice little Twitter, like little tweet, but they heard it as a subversive, perhaps even outright clash with the Roman Empire of the time. It's kind of like this, and I hate to, I, I don't mean to jump into politics, but we're going to jump into it real quick. It's kind of like if Jesus came here today and he said, you know what? I'm here to make not America great again, but I'm here to make something great again. It's kind of like that. Taking the phrase of the empire and saying, you know what? There is another way. And so here we are, some 2,000 years ago, this man named Jesus, he comes into our world, and he is about to turn the world upside down. He doesn't do it in an obscure sort of way, although in many ways he does. Right at the beginning, he says, you know what, you all think the news right now is going a certain way? There's a better way. There's a better way to live and experience life as it was meant to be. And so we're going to take the next few weeks here thinking about this good news, this make blank great again, but in a much more radical and holistic way. Now, before we jump into today's talk and the rest of this excerpt and think about you know, how we might begin to experience this, how we can prepare ourselves for this sort of good news. Again, we're going to spend a number of weeks thinking about what this good news actually is. I want to say two things. I, I want to say that this is definitely a series that I want to challenge us as a community to invite our friends into. You can do it in one of two ways. I want to challenge us to invite our friends into this space, perhaps. Because, again, this, is a, this, is, this good news much like what we're talking about with Rome and what we're talking about today, isn't just meant for us. It's, it's really meant to be broadcast to the world, to be broadcast to everybody around us, right? This is the claim of Jesus. Like, I'm here to set up something different from the empire. And so I want to challenge us to invite people into this journey with us. You can invite them here in this space in the next few weeks to journey with us here. Or you can invite them into just personal, private conversation. Um, as we take a look at these excerpts, so we're going to be going through this biography called Mark. We're going to do a handful of excerpts in this biography and look at them and encounter what good news is. I want to challenge you to personally think about one friend, perhaps, you can have conversations with about everything we're talking about here. And the reason, again, I'm, I'm saying this is, again, this concept of good news, it's not just for us. It's really for the empire to hear and be a part of. All right? So even before we get in, I want to just give you a quick 
10 to 20 seconds right now before we jump into today's first conversation. I want you to think really quickly, who can you invite into this journey? You may be already a follower of Jesus. You may be like totally near here. You're like, dude, I don't even believe this stuff yet. And you're already, yeah, yeah, this is for all of us to process. So I want you to take about 10, 15 seconds. Think about who you can invite into this journey. And just jot down on the corner of your sheet here their name real quick, or their initials, or something like that. Just make a quick note. And then we're going to dive in to this opening conversation. All right? All right. So... How can we get ready for this good news? I mean, if this is something that is coming into our world, if this is something that came into Jesus' time period in such a dramatic and kind of confrontational fashion, well, how do we prepare for this? I mean, how do we, how do we get ready for this good news? How do, we, how do we receive this good news? What is the good news anyway? Well, this opening story in this very first biography of Jesus begins to lay out a foundation for us to think about. And as we read this story, uh, let's go to the next slide, we will begin to see that this, that this opening story will encourage us to realize this one idea, that God has already been preparing you and I for good news. In fact, God has been writing a story even before good news has entered in. God has been writing a story with us, through us, with our friends, through our friends in such a way that he has been actually preparing us for good news, even though we may not have known it. And this good news ultimately is one of hope, hope for something better. Let's take a look at this opening story. It's such a fascinating opening story. I'll read through uh, the, the very next. If you go to the next slide, that's really where we're going. Yeah, there, no, next slide. There you go. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. That, that's what I just said, right? Okay, so here's the opening story. It says this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written to, in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you grew up in a religious setting around the Jesus story, this is going to seem like a very normal story, a story you perhaps you've read before that you're very familiar with. But if this is your first time reading this story, you're like, this is a crazy, weird introduction. Because we're supposed to be talking about Jesus, 
And then it just kind of goes and talks about something else. Like, what's happening here? What this biographer is trying to help us realize, again, is that this story of Jesus and the good news associated with Jesus doesn't just happen in a vacuum. For the people back 2,000 years ago, the good news was part of a long-standing story already happening as God was trying to invite people into the good news of hope and life. This introduction starts with this quote that's about 700 years old, 700 years prior to the time of Jesus. And this quote, as you can see in the second paragraph, is basically about this preparation that's happening and, and how an individual will prepare the way for this coming good news. This individual we find out is John, and John is described in a really funny way, right? And sometimes, again, if you've read this, you may be kind of used to this description, but if this is your first time reading it, this is really strange stuff. Like, why in the world is he wearing camel's hair? And why, why, are we, why is he eating bugs? Like, did he just not afford, like, could he not afford, like, other kinds of food? Why? It turns out that John is described in this way, and he's eating bugs because if you look at the bottom of your sheet here in the reference notes, all of these descriptors of John were something that the ancient prophets of that time predicted, that there would be a man coming who would prepare these ancient people for the good news that Jesus was about to bring. And so this introductory story, again, it's just not this random sort of account of some interesting events. The author is trying to tell us, you know, God has been actually preparing these people for good news. Yeah, these people maybe were going through some difficult times, and if we were to dig in a little deeper, we would note that the prophecies of this time were, came to these people when they're in a cycle of hopelessness. They're in this cycle of hopelessness because they kept getting broken time and time again, broken by their own imperfection, broken by other forces around them that would push them down, political forces, moral forces, all those sorts of things. And so they, they were living kind of a depressive life. When all is said and done, because of the brokenness of their lives, the brokenness they had with God, with each other. And so God was trying to say, there's going to be a time coming where good news will come. Good news is coming. And your story has been in preparation. I've been actually in your story preparing you for good news. Here's, the, here's an interesting question for us today as we think about this. So what, what, what might this mean some 2,000 years later in our time? I wonder if for us here today, if God is real and if Jesus is a person worth giving our lives to and worth exploring and understanding, I wonder if God might be doing that with our lives here today. That somehow he might preparing us, he might be preparing us for something good, for good news that is about to happen in our lives. In fact, I wonder not only is he doing that with us, but is he doing that with the friends that are around us? My hunch is that God is doing something. That if you're here in this room here today, you're not here accidentally. 
you're not here because, you know, you just woke up and you suddenly thought, oh, today might be a good day to just check out Ethnos or come to Ethnos. No, you're here today. Your being here today is tied into a story, isn't it? A story of your own life, a story where you've been on a journey, a story where you've been trying to figure a God out, a story where you've been experiencing cycles of brokenness, a story where you've been needing some hope. Jesus wants to come in. But he just doesn't come in randomly. He's been preparing you and I for this moment. And not only is he preparing you and I for this moment, I have the feeling that the friend you wrote down on your sheet there, that that friend and your place in their life, that none of that is accidental as well. That there is a story happening with them that you're supposed to be a part of. Here's the deal. Oftentimes, these stories are going on and we just don't recognize them. And it takes a moment for us to pause and think about it for ourselves and for others before we are able to see that and help people see that, help ourselves see it and help others see it. I think about Story Sunday we had a couple months ago and the many different stories of how people were encountering God and encountering Jesus and how different things led up to that moment. I think about the first time I met Jesus or Jesus met me and I was in the cycle of sex addiction and it was just, if you've ever been in part of an addictive cycle, you know how it goes. It's just like, you do well, you kind of compromise, you fall, guilt, shame, and you, know, you just kind of go through this time and time again. And I was in the cycle for many, many years. And somehow in the cycle, I heard about the good news of Jesus. I wouldn't have heard it, I don't think, if I didn't go through certain things in that cycle. I want you to turn to your neighbor and process this really quick. You see on your sheet here, we have this little very simple diagram, right? This is nothing, this is not rocket science. Uh, it is a line, a ray, I guess, properly. All the math teachers here, is this a ray? Yeah, it's a ray probably of some sort. Um, has an arrow on one side only. Um, I want you to think about really quickly what has been going on in your life and what has been going on in your friend's life that you wrote down to potentially prepare them for good news? Okay? And what, what I want you to do is just kind of think through this and, and ask yourself the question, huh, is there something I need to be aware of then in the midst of this? The midst of all that's been going on, the midst of what my friend's been going, what's been happening in my friend's life, is there something I need to be aware of as I think through how God might be preparing them, preparing me for good news. Does that make sense? All right, turn to your neighbor. We'll take about two minutes to process this. You can write down some ideas, write down some thoughts, and then we're going to continue this conversation, right? So I realize we haven't uh, fully, fully defined what good news is, right? And, and the reason we haven't is because it's going to take the whole series for us to understand what good news is. 
All right? If you look at the first sentence, this is the beginning of the good news. Like, we're literally, like, just reading the first story. So, so it's going to take us all our weeks to understand a, a robust enough definition of what good news is. But I hope you can get the idea, the sense that this good news does have to do with something related to hope, something related to forgiveness, right? You kind of see it in the story. Uh, and it's, it's something, obviously, related to Jesus, how Jesus will bring hope how Jesus will be, bring forgiveness, and because the good news is spoken in direct opposition to the Roman Empire, right, like how we mentioned in the introduction, this good news is something that is, is way bigger than just like some type of personal spirituality. This is something that is meant to shake up the empire, so to speak. It is something so good. It is something that is meant for a total, it's, 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 it has a total, like, claim on all of life, that, and it's going to be good. And so we're, we're going to explore what all that means in the, in the next few weeks. So I, I realize that we, this, this question may be difficult to answer because we haven't defined good news yet, but, but I think it's still worth asking. How do you think God might be preparing you, your friends, for good news? Who wants to share a little bit about what they are processing with uh, with the table partners. Anybody? Yeah. Um, I have a, the few people that I was thinking of um, have lately experienced some very tough things. And I think, um, at least with one of my friends in our conversations, prayer and God do come up. Um, and so there is this acknowledgement of God. I'm just not sure if there's this personal engagement with God. But there's definitely this acknowledgement that, like, I need something like there's a need that I need fulfilled and I know that I cannot do it myself that I definitely see in these conversations that are coming up something's happening yeah okay yeah no thanks for that Lenora yeah sometimes uh in in our own lives with our friends we realize like we get to that place where where we realize man I, I can't do this myself what's next and perhaps that is indeed God preparing us for good news the good news of Jesus yeah and who else what else are we processing here yeah Deborah. Ooh. Because I do re-entry, and I run into a lot of different people, um, all walks of life, um, and they've gotten in trouble or whatever, I let them know that there's something greater, there's someone greater, there's God, and I try to, the ones that aren't believers or whatever, and um, it's a good thing when you see somebody walking on the street that you've seen at reentry, and they come to you and they was like, they ask for prayer sometimes. That's why I'm in New Brunswick a lot of times if you guys see me on the street. But um, it's, it's a good thing when you can share a good news with someone, especially with all the things that I've, I've been through in my life. Yeah. No, thank you for that, Deborah. Yeah. I think being in, in the reentry program, and some of you have been a part of that, a program where we have breakfast and just meet with different people coming out of prison, getting back integrated into life here. Um, yeah, that, that could be God working and preparing somebody for good news. Yeah. yeah. What else? What else? Oh, yeah. Here, Carrie. Question? Oh, um, I have a couple of friends who are going through a tough time, but they've actually been hurt by the church in the past. So how do I, like, reframe the good news to show them, like, the healing power of Christ when they felt hurt by the institution? Yeah. 
That's a great question, Carrie. How many of us can relate to that? Anybody? Yeah, okay, good, good, yeah. I think, I think it's a great question. I, you know, that I think we should probably talk about it more afterwards because everyone's story is unique and there's no like one right answer that captures everything. But I, I think one of the things we can be mindful of is that this, this is a journey and a process. Um, and even like how I'm talking about it here today, like if you grew up in a religious context, some of you may have gone through talks based on this scripture excerpt like today and heard a very like non-journey description or non-journey teaching from this. Like some, if you've ever been in religious settings where like they tell you what the good news is and they like define it right there and like say this is what it is and it's done and like all these sorts of things. Um, you know, I, I've tried to model uh, a way of bringing people through the good news which is like, hey, we read this concept of good news here. It says it's the beginning, which means we're going to have a lot to discover. Do you want to discover it together and figure this out? And I think if religious institutions can better understand that the spiritual journey is a journey, like it'll just help us help other people better. You know? So I think that's part of it. But there's a lot we could say, uh, especially depending on the kind of hurt your friends have received from religious institutions. So, yeah. Thanks, Carrie, for that question. Other things you're processing, other questions or comments about this? Yeah. Making me work, Jonathan. Making me work here. I just wanted to say something uh, in regard to that and your question before about what we need to know uh, in order uh, like in like the journey of good news. I feel like trust is really important. Like good news isn't good if it comes from a sketchy or unverified source. So um, I think like somehow um, earning trust, not like, you know, to, you know, kind of dupe someone over, but uh, trust is important. Uh, and that includes like knowing what's really going on. So like not just the positive or negative, but like, Knowing how bad it really is—that's important. Um, yeah, so uh, it it includes building trust. That's a good word, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Yeah, trust is a key word. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Give it up for yeah. We can clap. We can clap. That's good. That's good. Yeah. What else are we processing as we think about this? Anything else? Okay. So, so here here's the deal, right? As we think about this journey we're about to embark on in the next few weeks. Um, I, hope, I hope a couple things from today's conversation. I hope, number one, that uh, we've been convinced here that there is something we need today that is called good news, according to Jesus, right? We talked about at the very beginning how we feel about quote-unquote news today, the kind of news that gets to us, the news we seem to swim in, whether it be personal, national, international, all of us expressed, we don't like what we're swimming in. We, we need something better. There has to be a better way to live in the midst of bad news. We talked about how Jesus, as we saw here, in his opening statement, in the opening statement of his first biography, and the next week we're going to read literally his first teaching in this first biography. It's going to be good news. It's going to be all about good news. Now, we haven't defined it yet, but we will we can already see it has something to do with hope 
something to do with forgiveness, something to do with Jesus. So I hope we've been able to come together and realize, wow, okay, what we're about to embark on, this, this, this has potential. This could really help us, but it could also really help our city. It could really help our neighbors, the networks we're in. This is something that is good. But how do we get there? How do we, how do we begin this process? And my hope here this morning is that even as we've read this opening excerpt, that you and I have begun to see, well, well, this is a process. Yeah, number one. And wait a second. There's a story already happening. There's a story that's been happening even before this good news enters in. There's a story that's been happening in your life. Story been happening in my life, story been happening in our friends' life. There's something that's already been happening that perhaps God is already there, already at work. You know, I think about the many fascinating conversations I get to have, uh, you know, being a um, religious leader, a pastor in our city. Uh, it gives me access to all kinds of interesting conversations, conversations I can't share here because they're confidential, but it, it never ceases to amaze me. The many, many times I run into people or people come and talk to me and they, they just process their lives and they say like, yeah, I don't know why, but it seems like this is the moment that something has to change. I don't know why, but it seems like things have been building up to this moment, this moment where I got to straighten this out or I got to give God a chance or I got to take the next step uh, in trusting somebody. You know, like it, it never ceases to amaze me because it just, it, it's one of those proofs in my life, I guess I, I would say. You know, sometimes I doubt, you know, God, are you real? God, is this all just made up? But then I hear these stories, I interact with people, and I realize, man, this, this can't be just, quote, unquote, accidental. Something's happening. And so what's happening with you here this morning? What's happening with the friends, the family, the neighbors, the networks that you care about? Could it be that God is at work? writing a story, preparing you, preparing them for good news.